Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, October 1st, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into, Jay Book, on the first day of October here. Buckeyes against Rutgers tomorrow. We'll give our predictions at the end of the show. Buckeyes versus Scarlet Knights in Piscataway tomorrow at 3.30. Let's start with the quarterback situation for Ohio State. Obviously, C.J. Stroud did not play last week against Akron. All signs are pointing to him starting tomorrow i mean ryan day hasn't said that but you know when we met with him yesterday he basically said that he said he's had a real good week of practice he's looking good so your thoughts on cj stroud looking like he's in line to start tomorrow this is what i expected dave i i thought that kyle mccord played really well against akron but i will have to say did he do enough to supplant cj stroud i think it was uh vastly um the right decision for ohio state to sit Stroud to get that shoulder uh, healthy. I think with him coming back in against Rutgers, I expect him to have a big game. If you listen to Garrett Wilson and some of the players, they said that he looked really sharp this week in practice. So I think the rest would do him well here. And I just hope that the team can rally around him. CJ can go into this game on the road play at a high level, deliver the ball to the open wide receivers. And then at that point, we can really put to bed who should be the actual quarterback as we get into the meat of the Big Ten schedule. The good news is if something happens with CJ, at least now Kyle McCord has a lot of game experience. I mean, not a lot overall, but at least he got a, a start under his belt as a true freshman against Akron, played the first three and a half quarters, and Jack Miller finished up uh, playing the final quarter and a half. How do you think those guys looked? I thought they both looked outstanding. I mean, they stood in the pocket. They delivered the ball. Uh, Kyle McCord showed a lot of command of the offense. He was able to move the offense up and down the field. Early on when the, when the game first started, you could tell the nerves were there. He was selling balls uh, a little bit. But as the game progressed, he calmed down. He started to play his game. You saw the same thing with Jack Miller, who didn't necessarily have as many opportunities uh, as McCord when it came to throwing the football, but I thought both quarterbacks showed really well. And I agree with you. If something were to happen to C.J. Stroud, I feel uh, extremely confident that Kyle McCord could come in here and lead this offense. The thing that Ohio State needs to do with their quarterback, posi uh, quarterback uh, position is just let these guys get the ball to the playmakers. And obviously Ryan Day is going to scheme those plays up. But no matter if it's C.J. Stroud or if it's Kyle McCord, you have so many weapons in this offense. If you can just get them the football, they're going to make plays for you. Right now, Ohio State leads all of college football with eight yards per play. Uh, and that's and a lot of people want to question and say, hey, the offense has their issues. Have they been perfect? No. But the fact that they're almost averaging the first down every time they snap the football tells you that this is a big play offense, no matter who's going to be behind center at quarterback. Let's say it is Stroud the rest of the year, Jay Book, that he's the guy the rest of the year, which I imagine if he stays healthy and, and he's competent, um, he's going to be the guy the rest of the year. It seems like Ryan Day 
he he won the job Stroud did coming out of camp seems like day really likes him um if he's the guy the rest of the year and his shoulder can hold up how confident are you that cj Stroud can be the quarterback the buckeyes need him to be I think he could be the, the quarterback that they really need to be. I'm confident that he can play at a high level. Um, if you look at some of his stats in PFF, he's right up there with some of the top quarterbacks in the game. The thing that he needs is he needs complimentary football. He needs that defense to get off the field. He needs the defense to force the opposing offenses to give him the football back in short fields. When, when we ha- we're establishing a running game with Travion Henderson, which is going to help immensely as we go down a stretch because teams are going to start stacking a box against Henderson. If he's, if he's yanking off nine yards of carry, like he's been doing lately, you're going to start seeing those safeties creep up, creep up to the line of scrimmage. And what's that going to do? That's going to open up those deep uh, throws behind the defense in play action and those post routes and the mesh routes that Ohio state loves to to throw at people. And if CJ Stroud can just get his mechanics in order and deliver the football, he's poised to have a monster season. I mean, the, the guy was still, he's still in the running as far as the, the Heisman rankings, according to Vegas, him and Henderson. So it, it he's going to get every opportunity to show that he's a primetime player. I do think Ohio state uh, will let him make his mistakes. Ryan day is going to be patient with him. I don't think you're going to see a situation where those guys are rotating their quarterback. I, I just do not, I do not believe that Ryan day has the appetite to have a two quarterback system. So I think in the instance, it's going to be CJ Stroud throughout the season, unless he completely bottoms out somewhere and just looks off or the shoulder continues to give him issues. And if that's the case, I could see Ryan Day at that point turn to Kyle McCord if he's continued to have accuracy and shoulder issues. I agree with you. I'm still bullish on C.J. Stroud. I thought, especially for a guy making his first three starts, I think people were a little too harsh on him. I mean, yeah, they lost to Oregon. They didn't lose because of him. Was he perfect? No. He threw for almost 500 yards, though, in his second career start. That was on the defense. And again, the offense had their issues in that game. Fourth down, short yardage. Stroud had a really bad interception, um, but there were drop passes in that game. And I thought overall he played well. Um, if the defense would have held up their end of the bargain, the Buckeyes would be undefeated right now. I'm still very bullish on C.J. Stroud, so very well said, Jay Book. All right, let's switch some gears, talk defense. Steel Chambers, Ryan Day was asked about him yesterday. I mean, man, he was just gushing about Steel Chambers. What a revelation he's been, and the timing could not be better. I've never seen a more depleted – linebacking core and and just frankly not just depleted because of injuries just depleted because of transfers depleted because of guys not developing correctly um guys just not being good enough frankly but there are some there is some hope there with cody simons looking good to me steel chambers though is a huge story here i mean this guy was playing running back even in the spring he was going back and forth he's now committed to linebacker they love him he keeps getting better and better each week jay book just looks like one of those guys that has a nose for the football and if he's looking good already, you got to think he's going to get better exponentially, you know, maybe by the end of the season. Just your thoughts on Steel Chambers, the linebacker. Steel Chambers is absolutely flying around to the football. When you watch the game, he really jumps out at you. He Over the last two games, he leads all the linebackers in tackles with eight, uh, with very limited snaps. So I say he's probably within the 40, 42 to 47 snap count over the last two games. And He's been able to lead the linebackers and tackles. So he's he's a guy that's playing um, see football, go hit football. He, he, it's not hard at the linebacker position. 
when he sees the, the play, he diagnoses it. He has elite speed to get downhill in a hurry. And that's what you want to see from your linebackers. I truly believe that Steel Chambers should be the starting linebacker on the field because if he continues to get the reps, continues to produce, he has to stay on the field. Uh, there's other linebackers that they have on the team that they've given a significant amount of reps to that is just not producing. And at the end of the day, this is big boy college football. I, I know Ohio State likes to talk about practice and guys practice well. You need guys that are going to be able to produce on Saturday. And that is what you're getting from Steel Chambers. So to me, he should be getting the lion's share of the reps at the backer position along with Cody Simon and just let those guys flourish, let them develop. I know they like to do their sub packages and bring guys in on third down. Uh, and that's fine. You can do that. But down in, down out, I need to see still chambers in that lineup. I really like Cody Simon too. He's banged up though. I mean, we saw him, he left the game last week. Um, I don't think it's serious. He's been dealing with, he's just a tough guy. He's been dealing with a few different injuries is what I was told. Nothing that requires surgery. But um, he's banged up. He's just a tough guy. He's going back, you know, to his home state tomorrow, along with a few other Jersey guys on this team. Of course, Cody Simon wants to play. I think he will play. We'll see. But I think Steel Chambers is going to have a huge role tomorrow and going forward this season. I think the two best linebackers on the team are Chambers and Simon. All right, let's look at this uh, true freshman class. My goodness, Jay Book. We've seen special classes come through here. <laughs> But they usually it doesn't usually like come to fruition until like you know two or three years down the road. Like this is insane. These guys are like making up, and I've talked about this on the show all week, but can't drive this point home enough because I've never seen anything like it. They are not only a special class, they make up the majority of the best players on the team right now. I love this 2021 class and guys that I never even expected would, you know, have a big role or having big roles like Tyleek Williams. I mean, Denzel Burke, I thought Denzel, you know, Denzel Burke of the three corners in the class was the third lowest rated. He was still very high. He was a high four-star recruit. That's how, how well all three of those guys, how well they recruited there with J.K. Johnson and Jordan Hancock and Denzel Burke. I expected a lot out of Travion Henderson. He's exceeding those expectations. There's other guys as well, JTT, Jack Sawyer. This is a special freshman class, and they're being special right now. Yeah, it, and you, you and I had talked about the John Cooper quote you know, if they're if they're pups that bite, then you know that they can play some football. And that's what you have with these younger guys. You have a bunch of pups that will absolutely bite your butt. And these the thing that is most impressive about them, Dave, is they're not afraid. They're not. A, the moment is not too big for them. The stage is not too big. Those guys get in there with their limited opportunities and they make the most out of it. And that's what you love is to have incredible athleticism, incredible talent but they're coachable and they play hard. And the result is, as you mentioned, they are some of the best players on this football team. And if you look back at the 2018 and the 2019 class, there were a lot of misses on, on within those classes. I think in the 2018 class, there's eight or nine guys no longer within the program. And there's a, a handful of guys have struggled to see the field. So what does that what does that do it, when you bring in a special class like that? The cream is rising to the top, so they're pushing those older guys. And I think, and I said it last uh, Saturday that we're having this. I think we're having a situation where it's a tug of war between a lot of the older guys who were expecting to be able to get their playing time because they paid their dues, they cut their teeth on special teams, they've been good soldiers within the program. 
And Ryan Day has coming in and said, hey, best players play regardless of age. And that's what you want to see because that's how Nick Saban goes about his business at Alabama. There's no favoritism. There's no seniority. I mean, a lot of that was a lot of the complaints on the message boards for years under Urban Meyer that why were certain guys playing? And I, now I think you're really starting to see a situation where the best players are starting to play. You're seeing those younger guys getting in there and they're rewarding those coaches for making those tough decisions because when they do get in there, they're playing extremely well. All right, brass tacks. Let's hope they play extremely well tomorrow. This is not going to be an easy game. Hopefully it is. It's not shaping up to be an easy game by any means. I have the Buckeyes winning this one 35 to 20 over a solid Rutgers team that's just going to keep getting better in future seasons under Shiano. I don't know. I don't know how this is possible. The man makes a really good head coach and a bad defensive coordinator at the collegiate level. <laughs> He's the opposite of Chris Ash. Chris Ash was a really good defensive coordinator, bad head coach at Rutgers, no less. Shiano, first stint, did, did really wonderful things at Rutgers considering where they were at when he took over that program in, back in 2000. Um, wasn't a good NFL coach, but we've seen that time and time again. Nick Saban wasn't a good NFL coach. He'll go down as the best college football coach of all time. Um, so, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for this Rutgers team. I watched them dominate Michigan in the second half after it looked like Michigan was going to run away with that game. Michigan was up 20 to three at halftime, and Rutgers dominated the second half, even though they lost 20 to 13. I think Ohio State's going to be okay in this game, but man, um, it's not going to be easy. I have Ohio State winning this one 35 to 20. Your thoughts on how this game is going to go and your prediction for a final score, Jay Book? Yeah, uh, kudos to Rutgers because th they are really turning the corner as a program. They were a program that took advantage of the transfer portal. They're going in there and getting a lot of guys, and they're buying into what Greg Schiano is trying to sell there. To me, this is a Rutgers team that played Michigan to the wire. They had ample opportunities in that Michigan game to pull the upset or at least take that game into overtime and they weren't able to finish. Uh, I think that game, because it was a hard-hitting affair, will take its toe uh, against them with Ohio State. I look for the Buckeyes to come out here, establish the run with Travion Henderson. I like Ohio State 38-21 here. I think the defense is still a work in progress. They're, they're heading – I think they're heading in the right direction when it comes to scheme because you're starting to see different schematical uh, things when it comes to showing the blitz and blitzing and dropping in the zone. You're starting to see a lot more different looks than what we saw early on. So I do think that they're progressing in the right way, but I don't think they're where they need to be. So I, I can see Rutgers putting up 21 points here, and I just think the offense – they're going to continue to get better if CJ is delivering the ball like he's supposed to. Ohio State pulling out the victory. Great stuff, as always, from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. And we really appreciate all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hope the Buckeyes get another win on the board tomorrow. Let's hear the Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. 
the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 